and welcome back to Performer Talks. Before we jump into this week's episode, I want to talk to you about Performing Arts Mag. Performing Arts Mag is a completely free online magazine specifically designed to help performers and performing arts-based businesses. Performing Arts Mag provides engaging, relevant and insightful content on the industry from leading professionals in the business. And like I say, it's all completely free and there to help make our industry more accessible for everyone. To download any of our free monthly editions, just head to the link in our show notes. And don't forget to check out Performing Arts Mag's website to keep up to date with all the latest theatre, film and TV news. A massive thank you for listening to our show. Don't forget, if you love this episode, please leave a review on Spotify or iTunes. Let's get on with today's episode. Today, I am absolutely delighted to be joined by the gorgeous Spencer Martinez, who is an actor, along with being a founder of the app Limelight. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited for our conversation. I am so pleased to have you on the show. And today with Spencer, we're going to be talking about the differences between the US and the UK industry in terms of acting. So I'm so excited to have this chat with you. But before we get onto that, I would love for you to tell all the listeners at home a bit about who you are, what you've done and what you get up to. Absolutely. So I am a New York City actor and now I guess a business lady too. Um, I grew up in a log cabin in South Jersey. We had electricity, it was fine, but it was definitely a little different than New York. Um, I went did the whole like musical theater in college, dance minor, and then I graduated and moved right to New York. And then I got a couple of things, a little off-Broadway stuff, and it was kind of, I was definitely like, feeling my groove, and then COVID happened. And that's when the whole industry shut down in New York, nothing was happening, no auditions, so we moved back down to South Jersey, and I found myself kind of coming up with an idea for an app for performers, and I've kind of taken a year off of acting to focus and put all of my time into this, into the app. I mean, a couple, I do a couple of auditions here and there, but I'm just giving myself till September and then I get to be back in the game to audition again. So it's exciting. That's amazing. And you say that you obviously like before COVID, you were doing a lot in the acting scene. How was that transition of being like fresh in the industry to then going to having COVID hit? Oh, scary, like super, super scary, because after you graduate, you think that you're going to be on Broadway like tomorrow, and then you get into the audition and to the open call, and you're like, help, like I felt like I was not prepared enough, like my program definitely prepared me acting wise, but just for all the auditions or talking about equity and the union, I had no idea what that's like and what the EMC points were like. So you kind of really had to learn yourself and ask a ton of questions. Uh, But yeah, I did a lot of open calls, waking up at 4 a.m., sitting in that line that I'm sure UK actors do that too, correct? Yeah, yeah. We, we, I I was at one recently, the Mamma Mia one that you posted about. And it was absolutely mental. That was like the first open call back after COVID. And I got there just before half past seven in the morning. And I was like well past, I think I was like over 4,000th in the queue. So there was no way I was going to get seen that day. It was Which is nuts because as performers, I feel like we have to take care of our bodies and that's waking up. So I guess the first person was there at like 4am, like 3am. Yeah. They like camped out. They bought tents and everything. They were so like prepared. So then like, how are you able to perform and like sing and like take and after the audition, maybe go back to work? It's like mind blowing. And I think in the U.S., a lot of the actors are like, I'm not doing that anymore, which I so love and appreciate. We're not really doing a ton of open calls recently. All of it's really been online, like self-tapes, which I so appreciate. But that also kind of sees like, maybe they won't even see you because maybe they don't look at your self-tape. 
Yeah, no, I feel you. Our industry is very similar in that um, since COVID, they've realized that it's so much cheaper to get actors to self-tape. And so many actors, it's a very divided subject, actually. Do you prefer self-taping or in-person? Okay, so I definitely have, if I am working to pay the bills, I would rather do a self-tape because I can work and I have that time to kind of give myself to do the self-tape. And I'm not like stressing out. I have to wake up super early and I kind of like find my time and I can be super, super specific. And if I need an audition coach, they'll come over and we'll kind of do that together, which I love. And I, I mean, having an audition coach is awesome and you feel super supportive and it's like a little like community that you can have. And sometimes that we all do it together. So there's like a couple of people doing the same audition at the same time, which I kind of like, you can kind of steal some things, but nicely steal ask for permission first, always. Um, but I, there's always something special when you're doing a, an in-person audition. I mean, when that music starts playing and you have a live accompaniment, it's beautiful. And like, that's what you want to do. You want to be able to be there in the room, looking at those casting directors, like in the eye and being like, you need me. Like you need me to be in your show. Yeah. I love that. And I think I'm exactly the same on that front. I love the opportunity that self-tape gives you to not have to pay for all the expenses in the day. It becomes cheaper. Absolutely. You can do multiple auditions in a day with self-taping. Yes, and as well, yes. like you get the opportunity to play, mm-hmm. which you don't in a real life audition. Like you go in, that's your shot. That's what they see. You go home. Whereas a self-tape, you can do like five and see which one fits. And you could even send two and be like, these are how I interpreted it. Which one do you prefer um, <clears throat> to your agent? And they'll they'll submit one or even to the casting team. So Absolutely. that's great. But then I also feel like you, like I miss that interaction with the panel. Right. right. That totally human right. element. Exactly, exactly. And, but even if, what I've also been finding is I have a couple of friends that, didn't really do TV film in college or, and they're kind of like branching into that. And the self tapes have really helped them with like their sight lines, even though they were just doing theater, they kind of want to go over to TV film, they or commercials, they're available and able to do that because they have those resources now. So that's really nice too. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like it does open the door and bridge that gap for theatre performers to get in the room because sometimes that's a challenge with TV and film. Absolutely, absolutely. And for, like, UK, like, are you... It Obviously, it's still different, like, casting teams and stuff, but do you, do more actors just, like, are they just super specific TV film or and are just, like, the people that do musicals, like, are they just super musical theatre? They kind of, like, cross. Um, I think we're very lucky that... We, we have the fluidity to be able to cross over. Our yeah. agents are very good. And because the UK is quite small, um, mm-hmm. we have more of an opportunity to filter into other areas. And our Absolutely. agents know links to everyone because it's so small. Um, yeah. But I definitely think there's more people who stick to what they prefer to do. And there are certain agents that specialize more in certain areas. Some, you wouldn't exactly. really have a lot of connections with TV and theater, but you'd have like, all the connections in musical theater. Cool, cool, so, cool. It depends. That's like the same here. Yeah. But we're just, it's just huge. It's just, there's, it's like a lot of, I, I kind of wish if I, if I moved to the UK and started auditioning, it would be nice because it's something nice and small and in New York and it, and then it kind of crosses over to LA and then you have Atlanta and now you have Chicago. It's a huge industry where you're just meeting people all the time and if you know some casting teams know each other but a lot of them don't when they kind of work just within their niche so it's kind of hard yeah absolutely and what I wanted to ask you because your industry is so big like it's huge are there different states that specialize within different areas of the industry and how does that work oh totally uh I find LA has always been like TV film. They, what I've also been seeing is that they're doing a lot of like 
small like workshops for musicals and they'll do them there and then they'll bring it over somewhere else and that's like where they'll start a tour which is really cool and interesting but I'm finding Atlanta is a huge tv film area huge because it's cheaper to um like the budget has it can be low the weather is great it doesn't like rain all the time but it's always warm you don't have to worry about snow and then Chicago's TV film, maybe some like theater, nothing crazy, but New York, I find obviously is just really strictly theater and then some TV film commercial. But I, I also am now seeing that there's auditions in Texas because a lot of the people in California moved down to Texas. So all of the, how do I explain, all the tech industry, they're all in like San Francisco. Then it got super expensive, and now they're moving down to Texas. And all of those people have a lot of money. So all those investors kind of moved down there, and that's kind of where the theater people will go because they need money for producers and the shows and stuff and TV, film. So now there's a lot of stuff going around in, like, Houston area. It's pretty cool. That's amazing to know because I didn't – know that and I suppose with all the tech companies moving as well it gives huge scope for things like commercials and presenting for corporate jobs and things like that absolutely absolutely I had a friend in New York and she was doing she was like kind of just like sailing through like auditioning wasn't really booking too much and then moved to Houston and she has like booked like four shows, three commercials, a TV show. And she's like, well, when, when someone sees that you're a New York actor, it's like a, and then when you move down to Houston, they're like, oh my God, like you're here, like you're from New York. And I think that's, which is great, but she's been booking out of like, it's in, it's out of control. It's awesome. So if anyone's interested, you want to move to Houston to find work. There it is. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think we're similar in that um, London is like the hub and everyone says, oh, you've got to be in London. But yeah. since I moved to the Midlands, I've had so much more TV and film work because like you say, it's a lot cheaper here to wow. make productions. I mean, like a quarter of the price of what it takes in London. So wow. the Midlands, like Leicester, Birmingham, Sheffield, mm-hmm. all those areas have major films and tv series starting to appear there and especially with like the Yorkshire Dales and stuff for things like Peaky Blinders and all the rest of it it's like the countryside and things like that um so I'm seeing a lot more of the Midlands come as well so it's like very I think the last two years have shown that you can be anywhere and that's expanded it absolutely do you also find that people from London moved out of London and moved somewhere else and they're like I'm trying to find my a little less craziness from London just kind of going yeah. there and that's why it's happening like that's why there's more auditions there absolutely and I think as well obviously now a lot of things are self-tape anyway there's very rarely a need for you to head into central London and with the cost of London it makes sense to be on the outside and only commute in when you as actually need to Absolutely. When I went to London, I honestly describe London as like a clean New York. It's huge. It's gorgeous. But London, you guys have it going on. It's super clean because the city is a little dirty. (laughs) I find that very like strange because obviously to us, like London's like probably one of the dirtiest places in the UK because it's it's so overpopulated for that area you you know it everyone commutes there and everyone goes on holiday there and the tourism booms there but that's like such a tiny part of what we are um absolutely but it's like the hub so everyone everyone knows London but no one knows anywhere else in the UK (laughs) all right London that's great yeah yeah um Everyone messages me like, are you near London? I'm like, no, no, I'm not. (laughs) I'm far away. I'm Midlands. I'm not too far, actually. The Midlands is great because I'm only an hour and a half away from from London um, via a direct train. So that's really convenient. And then I'm like close to all the filming stuff in the Midlands. But um, yeah, it's funny. That's a great location, actually. So you're not like 
in the heart, overwhelmed, you're like, your energy's not being taken, but then you're also like out there with the film stuff, so you kind of get to relax. But then That's- I do feel like I miss out on the 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 creative buzz do you know what I mean I feel like I'm out the loop sometimes and that's that's the only thing about being in the Midlands like that I'm I'm very lucky that I found some great places to train but it's not as accessible as London do the people in London do they do like virtual classes or is it all in person pretty much all in person to be honest um now yeah I mean there are a few that do it but with workshops and things and like workshops and new musicals and um there's like classes on every corner you know that you can go to and I really miss that element and being able to go to the theatre like London is such a big theatre hub absolutely and we have regional theatres but you don't get as much art as you do in London yeah do you, when you when you're trying to find a class as an actor in London, how do you find a class? Like, how are you able to find that teacher? Is it just kind of like someone you know it takes from them, or what do you guys do? I think it varies a lot. We're very fortunate that we have quite an active network, and because we are small, pretty much everyone knows everyone in the business. So there's uh, always a way for you to like connect people and connect the dots. Um, but we also have like theatre spaces that are used just for workshops um, as well. And that's where a lot of the big actors will go and hold workshops themselves. And when you go to these workshops, there'll often be other teachers in the building doing different things. Um, cool. And that's kind of how you find them, really. And are there ever like teachers like teaching in their house, like teaching in their apartment, like for like voice stuff like do do people go to their teacher's apartment and do singing lessons that's not really as much of a thing over here I go for my one-to-one singing coach I go to hers because she has a studio right um but in terms of actually going to people's houses it doesn't happen as much I think as well with stranger danger and things like that getting bigger over the years i think absolutely security conscious and would rather go to a a known studio yeah i I mean you really put the nail on the head on that one like in new york we don't have that we go to someone's i mean yes you have their studio spaces like for dance classes obviously you're going to the studio or uh, if it's an acting TV, TV film class, like you're probably going to go to a studio, but for voice and like audition coaching and that kind of stuff, you're at that person's apartment. And when you said stranger danger, like, I don't think anyone in New York, like gets how weird that is. Like, that's not normal. Like, how do you know this person's safe? You are a young 21 year old girl super excited to learn something and you don't know if this person's safe and that's when I created the app that's why we have reviews on the app because you don't know who this person is and like maybe there should be a red flag we should like kind of have that conversation but it's not um it's very very normal to do that which I find to be very odd but I think that's a transition because in the industry years ago obviously I wasn't in the industry then but you know I like watching the Hollywood round tables the Hollywood yeah, round yeah. tables with all these famous actors who've been in the business for years and they talk about going and auditioning in directors hotel rooms when they were in the area going to people's mm. apartments you know and obviously they don't do that as much now because casting should never be at like a private location absolutely not absolutely not but I think obviously there's still like a remainder of that and if you know the teacher and you know where they are and they're close to you and you've got an audition you know it's different absolutely but just meeting an audition coach online and agreeing to go around to the house is a bit of a yes absolutely very scary yeah don't ever do like an audition at a hotel nothing good will come from it no absolutely not not say there's a studio space available at this place because that should never happen. Yeah. Or if you're worried, maybe ask to self-tape. Like, that's exactly. an option now. It's so common. Absolutely. Totally agree. <laughs> it's like giving me anxiety thinking about someone going to a hotel room. <laughs> um, so I also wanted to 
ask you because I, because the UK is small, we're only allowed one agent to represent us because that's exclusive. And I put a video out saying like we're only allowed one acting agent and an acting coach from America was like, that's not, that's not right information. Yeah. Um, so in America, I believe, but I want to check with you, you can Absolutely. have more than one agent, but they have to be in different states. Is that correct or is that wrong? Okay. Yes and no. Like, <laughs> this is why so, I wanted to ask you. Exactly. No, absolutely. So, if you are just, you can be covered under multiple things. So, it could be commercial, TV, film, legit, which is like theater. Or you can be, so uh, I'm just going to say, like, CESD could do film, TV, DDO, another agent could do. Uh, legit and then so and then commercial would be another agent or they could sign you across the board and which was really helpful so you don't have to keep up with three other agencies at the same time which is awesome I mean now they have stuff for like influencers they cover stuff for um like stunt work all that kind of stuff which is really cool but then if you are in New York and they just specifically do New York, then you can kind of maneuver your way down to Atlanta and then they'll just focus with you in Atlanta. So you have like the option to like really cover yourself like everywhere. So you can have an agent in Atlanta, you can have one in LA, you can have one in Miami. That's also a new place that people are talking about going. Um, What else? And then New York. And then you can go to Toronto. There's all of these like different agencies and that's, I think, something when an actor moves to a city for the first time, you don't need an agent right away. Figure out what you want to do and you can always do everything, but just kind of focus on like, do I want to audition for musical theater? Do I want to do TV film? Because those agents are going to ask you potentially can we sign you across the board? And if you're not interested in doing all those, all three things, it's not, don't waste your time and don't waste their time. Yeah. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah. Cause like I say, over here, it's one acting agent. I mean, you can potentially, if they're not going to be able to represent you um, in commercials or, or modeling or right, right. Um, commercial dance jobs you know if they're not going to be able to get you those links sometimes they do make an exception or you're allowed more than one commercial agent um so like if you're a commercial dancer you can have like eight agents but then for acting you can only have one um so it's very there's a lot of exclusivity contracts so you're only allowed to exclusively be signed by one person i think it's because we're so much smaller here that they would have the same agents putting the same people up for the same Interesting. Jobs. Can you, are you able to freelance with an agency? Um, yes, you are able to freelance. What do you mean source your own work? Uh, no. Uh, so kind of be covered with them for like a specific period of time, like six months, see how you're kind of working with that agency. And then after the six months, you can say yes or no. Like this was for me. This is not for me. Yeah. So we, okay potentially there's like a probation period so it can be like three months or it could be six months or you could sign for a year to start off and some people will have it in their contract for my agency if I'm not happy I write to them and then they will terminate my contract immediately I don't have to give any time which is brilliant and they're a really great agency in terms of understanding that if we're not getting what we want we should find someone else if the relationship isn't right um but some agencies say you have to be with them for a certain period of time so they'll give you like a little probation period and then they'll make you sign for at least a year or at least six months um but it, it will vary so when you have those agencies are they just all really really big agencies or is there like a boutique agency is there like boutique is kind of like i guess like 100 people or less and then the big agencies that have like. Sorry, it just cut out there. <laughs> oh, no worries. Um, so do you guys have like an agency where 
there's like a boutique option. So it's a smaller agency or, and then you guys also have like really, really big agencies as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's both. There's a lot of boutique and small agencies, but there are also a lot of really big ones too. Cool. Cool. And what do you suggest when someone asks you? I Um, say it depends where they're at in their career mm -hmm. and how much guidance and support they feel they need. And also it, it depends if they want to get in the big audition rooms, but they want to be one of a number or if they want to start small and gradually work their way up. And it depends what offers they get as well. You know, if they've got some of the biggest offers from some of the biggest agents, go for it because that is an opportunity. So don't worry about starting off small and working up. If you've got that offer, take it with open arms, you know? So it, it will always vary my advice depending on kind of what stage they're at and what they're looking for. Absolutely. I like, I couldn't agree more with what you just said. And sure. as well, like people say, oh, I've got this really great offer from this really big theater agency, but I've got a great offer from a small agency that do TV and film and I really want to work in TV and film. So I'm like, well, if they've got the better links for where you want to go, it doesn't matter that they're not the biggest people in the business. Go with where the connections are. Wow. So you guys have to like kind of pick between agencies. That's like not really like what we have to do. Like if someone asks you for theater and you can sign with the person for theater and then you can sign with a different agent for TV film, which is nuts. I think I kind of like your way better. I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> it's it's got its advantages and its disadvantages for sure I mean there's pros and cons to both I think but absolutely um, I do feel we're quite lucky in the fact that they've got connections in so many areas um but then it does make it difficult I mean there was a girl in my third year and she was insanely talented bless her heart she was the most talented performer I've ever seen in my life to be honest with you um wow she was insane and she got offers from I think over 15 agents and they were all trying to like outbid each other and say what they could offer her and what opportunities and it just got so much for the poor girl like I was very relieved seeing her journey that I didn't have that problem because it was they were literally fighting over her and trying to convince her that each agency had the better connection and I think that must have been so much pressure to be on you as like a graduate to be like right if this decision goes wrong that's on you and this is like a one-time offer oh my god yeah. that's her heart yeah oh good for her stress I know yeah amazing for her like obviously everyone was like don't complain about it like enjoy it but um yeah, it must have been a very stressful time too truly if a performer is coming out to the U.S. to work, obviously they'll need visas and things like that. But what are some of the things that they need to know before coming over to the U.S. to get started working? Absolutely. Um, if they are moving there and they don't have a job lined up and they're just going to try the New York experience, I would suggest finding a place in New York where you feel really comfortable, like living situation. Like I personally, I need like my apartment to be super cozy and comfortable because if I'm not, everything else is out of whack for me. And like to find that place, I mean, it could be up in Harlem. That's where I used to live. It could be in Midtown, which if it is, bless your heart, because I can't, I I just can't get settled in that area. It's like way too crazy for me. But, and then if you find like, if you have a couple of friends there already, reach out to those people. You can reach out to me now at this point. Um, But finding that space where you feel super comfortable and finding these studios, I'm going to tell you what they are. So Ripley Greer is a studio, Pearl Studios and Open Jar Studios. Those three are the ones where you'll have most of your musical theater auditions if they're in person, but if you don't go to those studios and, or if you don't have an audition at that studio, just go and like, check it out, see what's going on and get yourself comfortable. Because if you do get called in, you don't want to be like, Oh, I have no idea where I am. I feel super uncomfortable. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know the people and it's hard. So definitely give yourself like a moment before you start auditioning to just like get yourself used to the area and 
also you don't have to just audition 24 7 enjoy new york too like go out to eat get a couple drinks take some take some classes it doesn't have to be auditioning 24 7 uh taking a dance class at steps is great taking a dance class at bdc is nice I like. I think I like steps better personally. BDC is super commercialized, which is awesome. But sometimes I feel like steps. The teachers get paid a little more, and it's more. I don't know. Like it gives me like a like a nineteen eighties like ballet class vibe, which I just people that are just really like specific and want to be a dancer just kind of go there and. BDC, it's like a lot of the younger kids just like, I'm going to take a dance class. So it, it's kind of, they're both great, but I think Steps is better. And it's on Upper West Side, so then you can go to Central Park after your class, get a little drink, get a little smoothie, and then walk around. That's amazing. I love that advice of like, go to, go explore New York and get the yeah. full New York experience. Absolutely. Absolutely. And like finding those classes and networking as much as possible, because you never know if you go back to the UK, then someone in like from New York will maybe come visit you and then you can show them certain places or they can also give you like, hey, this actor from the UK like just came and I know you're looking for someone like that happens all the time. Like a couple of my last auditions have just been from friends just telling the director about me which is great but you never know just like networking as much as possible is super important yeah I feel like networking is so underrated and it's not talked about when you're in training and it so should be because that is how you get majority of the work absolutely I mean and if you see like a voice teacher that you want to take and you've you're like, oh, these, they're so expensive. Or just maybe you can ask, like, hey, I'm from the UK. I've never I, I've never taken a class in America. I'm really interested, and, and I want to see the difference. Can we do, like, I don't know, like a 15-minute, like, conversation so I know what, what to expect or something like that? Or always, you can always ask, like, people out for coffee. There's nothing wrong with being like, hey – do you want to get coffee with me? Or I would love to just pick your brain about the industry. Would you like to go get coffee? I would feel like if that person's really nice, but also like it would be silly for them to say no. So I think 90% of people would say yes. I think it's important just to kind of gain a community. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel the same over here. I think, you know, we're very much in that space if we want to help each other and that's not necessarily talked about enough but we need to do it and I feel like if I see a casting that isn't right for me but I think of someone who it's right for I will always take 30 seconds out of my day to share it with them send it to them via message like have you seen this this is perfect for you absolutely and I I don't know why that's the case because I maybe in training they they make you they make you feel that it's just you and your like story and that's it and but I don't think that's that's not the way I want to work and that's not the way that like brings me joy like I love I mean it it wasn't the best I have to say it wasn't the best experience but when I was in a show before COVID they asked if I knew any guys and like yeah I have a friend that and I really didn't know what the show was about it was like kind of a workshop it was about like is it oh my god this is horrendous it was about like the energy like going green and I gotta say when you do a workshop you, you really don't know what to expect and it's been it was and there, it was paid I'm like oh my god I'm being paid I could probably get some points let's do it and they asked if I knew a guy and I told my friend Jordan and he auditioned and he got it and it wasn't the best experience because just everything was like not organized the the guy that wrote the show he was very old and he like fell asleep a couple of times during the audition it was everything you can that you can imagine happening happened like we had to like tap dance in like animal costumes you're like what is this like help but 
And now Jordan's like, I blame you for having me and being involved in this like situation. Don't ever contact me again. I'm like, no, like next time you're going to contact me for a show. He said, absolutely. So once you do that for someone, they'll, they'll try to do it the other way around. Yeah. And I think you're right. I think in training, we're very conditioned um, that it's you and you're up against everyone else who's in the room. And that's just not the case. Like, the chances of you being put up for the same thing are so different. And especially in training, the chances of it are so small. you just got to help everyone along the way. And that's always been the way that I've wanted to get work is by helping people and being the kindest person I can be. Absolutely. But, you know, I've seen it where teachers are like, you've got to push to the front, you've got to outshine the person next to you. And I hate it. It's like my pet peeve. I can't stand it. Um, no, I agree. I agree. Because I think the only person you should be trying to better be better than is yourself than what you were yesterday. And um, just going into the room and being nice and helpful and lovely to everyone because everyone knows everyone. So just be nice. And it's yes. so consuming to just be negative it consumes your whole being and it's so draining just be nice it's so much easier and people aren't going to want to cast you if they find out that you're not a kind person there's nice people everywhere but if they find out someone's not kind they will not cast them I know for a fact my friend's a director and she's like I have definitely made calls to other people that I that know this actor and if they say they're really hard to work with I won't cast them yeah. It's just like what is and realistically when you when you are cast in a show, you are a team. So you are all working together to make sure this show is the best it can be. So let's like work on our team building skills before we get into a show. And then you're able to be a really great teammate. Yeah. I mean, as much as we say, like, oh, theater people aren't really athletes, I truly believe they are because you're doing so many things and you're also trying to be like the best teammate you possibly can be you know yeah a hundred percent and your body is your tool and you're in this with who you're surrounded by and you're a company that means you've got to be good company (laughs) yes exactly you can't just be the star because we've all seen how that goes like if there's a star the whole like show is not fun and it's not enjoyable and there's bad energy and you can see that on stage like it's very clear when you can see that and it's very clear when you can see a cast that have gelled behind the scenes not just totally totally absolutely yeah i i've had a couple of friends um that were mean girls on broadway and they said it wasn't the best experience because everyone was acting like they were in high school and there was this like clickiness which like makes me sad because it doesn't have to be like that it can be like really exciting and inspiring and like lifting each other up but it can also go both ways yeah a hundred percent it's really important that people are aware of the fact that it doesn't have to be like that and I think the more we educate people on that and the more people realize they only benefit from being this lovely person that will massively help truly truly yes so I've heard you talk a lot about your points now a lot of people listening will be like what points are you on about brownie points oh oh. would please would you explain what points you are referring to oh yeah so um for equity you gain another amount of points and those points go towards you being in the union, being an equity member. If you have a couple of points, so say like two points, you are categorized as an EMC member and you have to have, I, I don't know if it's 26 now. They changed the, they changed the number with their, um, the union now. If you have ever been paid for a show, you are able to be an equity. So... They also did that for a specific amount of reasons. Uh, one, because the union needed a lot of money and they were going to take whoever they could get. But what they said, what it was for, was for people that are BIPOC that have not been in certain shows because there hasn't been a great amount of them. And if they were in one show that was, that was paid, they can be in equity. But it totally did not work the way that they wanted it to and I'm not equity and I will not 
go down that road until I feel like I'm fully ready because I have friends that said, oh, I'm going to be equity and I don't have the amount of theater credits, but it doesn't matter because I'd rather just say that I'm equity. And then you're in this huge pool of performers that are on Broadway and you're, you're not up to the same standard as them. You don't have the same amount of things on your resume as them. So you kind of put yourself in like this situation that's really hard and you can't go back to being non-union, I don't think, if you get into a paid show so or a show that gives you points. That's really interesting. That yeah, because it's it's so different from us. That's not how it kind of works over here. So it's really interesting to hear. So how so how do you get like insurance? This is how do you get insurance? So we have but equity. Really, um yeah. we have equity that are a union. Um but they work differently over here. Interesting. So um different qualifying things like again if you've been in a paid contract you can do it but it doesn't have to be a show um or if you've trained professionally you can get into equity um and get a discounted rate wow yeah um and interesting basically they're they're very good um we can we can come out the union we pay a monthly fee to be right to be with them but how with much that, is your monthly fee if we're i'm gonna... trying to remember how much it is it's not too much my graduate one was like 5.99 a month and i think now as a professional it's like 7.99 i could be wrong oh wow um, but it's really not that much um wow. but they cover us for all kinds of things and fight our cases for us and they're being really proactive um especially over the last few months they've really gotten good at delivering on their promises which is fantastic um that's great yeah and they're they insure us and look after us and they're doing a grand job at making waves in our industry so yeah that's we're awesome. very lucky very very yeah, lucky you totally are and when you guys like do you guys have an initiation fee like when you got when you get right in or you don't have to pay that no as long as you're paying monthly um, and you okay. can cancel, I think it's like three months notice maybe. Um, okay. I haven't looked at cancelling because I just have it as a rolling contract. Yeah, because yeah. it's always, I'm always working. So at some stage and I want to make sure that I'm protected. There are non-union contracts that don't pay up to what equity right. advise. That's what we have too. We have like, and, but it's not like, sometimes you're not really taken care of. Like yeah. as the, like it's just not sometimes a great experience, but there's also ones that are totally fine and totally cool. Yeah, that's exactly the same. We have um, equity advised rates and different hours you can work and things like that. And obviously equity contracts are a lot better because they're taking the advice from um, industry standard. Um, But the non-union ones, yeah, you can get get some absolutely fantastic contracts though that are non-union. Mm-hmm. Um, but you've just got to be selective and know the red flags when you see them. Yeah. And how do you, how do other actors know that there's like red flags? Um. With a certain theater or is it kind of just like known? Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to do my best to educate people on things like that. Um, yeah. but again, it's like turning up if the casting's at a private location, that's not ideal. It needs to be at like a studio. Um, yeah. Things like, you know, if they're wanting you to work, you finish at like 10 p.m. and then your call time's 5 a.m. the next day. Right. Something isn't right there because that's really so equity advised 12 hours. So if that's the way they're starting out, you know that you could mm-hmm. be made to do overtime and things like that. So you have to be careful and, and know what you're getting yourself in for and represent yourself in the best way and not be afraid to there's a difference between being difficult and knowing your value and that line can be difficult especially as a graduate to try and navigate that but you need to be able to say no I'm not comfortable with that or that's too much that's unfair of you to ask me to do that Um, because sometimes the non-union people they haven't been 
this could be their first production. It could be that they've um, not done it to a certain level or they've just always gotten away with it because no one said anything, but actually they shouldn't be getting away with things. Um, so don't be afraid to, obviously don't be demanding coffee like and blue, mi- yeah, blue M&Ms in your um, dressing room or things like that. that that's <laughs> difficult. But um, yeah, you can say if things are unfair. And I think educating people that that's okay and that's not being difficult is right important. So, like, with the U.S., like, to find out if those theaters are cool or there's, like, a weird situation, like, if their housing has, like, mold in it, we didn't really have anything like that. Uh, a while ago, we had something called Gig and Tell. So, after the theater, like, you talk about the theater company and say, oh, this was a great experience or this theater company felt really like not okay and they've said like racist remarks or something like that but backstage bought it a while ago and there was nothing like that so we felt I mean our company saw a need for that and then now we have a forum for different theaters and now people are talking about those theaters and someone like messaged me yesterday and like thank you because I have a contract for them and I'm so glad I'm not taking the contract because of what people said which is nuts because what if that person was put into like a really uncomfortable situation? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's because so important. Because theaters are accountable. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's important that there is a place and a platform to allow people to discuss and give their references and what actually happens. Exactly. And it's all anonymous. So people don't know who it is because then if it isn't anonymous, it gets a little funky with what you say and you don't know who's going to see that and maybe they won't get cast again or you never know. But I do want to talk about our, I did pull up the dues and the fees for equity for the U.S. and the initiation fee is 1800 so you have to pay 1800 in like a three-year period, which like isn't crazy horrible, but then dues, or it's like 176 a month. Wow. No movie? Oh, annually. I lied. 176 annually. Gonna say that is extortionate. You that. That would be insane. <laughs> but like, that would not be okay. But when, usually when someone's like, equity in the in the very beginning and they have to pay that 1800 yeah there's someone that usually that doesn't have that much money or they need it for rent yeah or something else like and that just seems kind of silly yeah no absolutely it's um very different but i'm i'm glad we touched upon that yeah um, true also you mentioned that theaters have like housing mm-hmm. is that is that common over there so if you are doing a show in Little Rock, Arkansas, you and there's like a it's like a dinner theater, they will have housing for you. There's like they'll like rent out like an Airbnb for you to stay. Um, if you are or I mean even if you're in a touring company, they'll like obviously rent out like hotel rooms for you. But it matters sometimes if you're in a non-union tour, it's not the best hotel rooms. Like, I had a couple, I had a friend that was in um, the Cinderella tour, and it wasn't the best rooming situation, because it's all, like, it's all inexpensive, because obviously they're trying to save as much money to make their show possible, and to grow, and to do as many um, shows for them to do, but yeah, like, the housing is definitely interesting, Uh, yeah, it's you're like living with people in the company and then you're not kind of all hanging out after the show you're there you don't have like time to do work and then you have your own time like See, that's not, crazy like, away from work. because we don't have that we have um if you're on a uk tour then they will yeah. provide digs for you um yeah. and even if you're on like a theater and education tour or like a smaller tour yeah, you know, um, they will provide like Airbnbs, but most of the time it's up to you to find your own digs. Um, and oh. we get lots of subsidence. So if you have to relocate, you get a big bulk fee that will help you relocate, and we'll have a lot of expenses. So they'll pay for 
um, you know, you, you'll have a touring allowance and things like that to spend on food, on travel, and then they will either cover your hotel or they'll give you money to be able to cover. Um, yeah, it really depends, but not many theatre companies, I don't know any, that have their own their own stuff. I know, you know, like with tours, they can sort out digs for you, but most of the time, especially if you're in one place, mm-hmm. that will all be you. Weird. And then what if you have, like, a regional... Like, you guys have regional theatre there, yeah. correct? So wh- where do the people stay? Um, so normally they, they cast local performers. Um, so sometimes they're given, so for a recent Panto audition that was in the Midlands, you couldn't be more than, um, 40 miles, I think it was, 40 miles away from the theatre. Um, or like sometimes if they're in London, you can't be more than 40 minutes away from the M25, which is like the major motorway, things like that. Um, so they do try and, I think that's, the big thing we have more regional performers performing sometimes in the smaller and more regional productions we have more local talent okay cool Um, that's so interesting I mean and even like yes they do if say it's in a show in Florida and someone from New York has family down there and there's like local hires um, would be like highly appreciated. I mean, I have family down in Florida. I don't know how close they live. I'll say yes, I'm a local hire. So then you kind of get try to get booked because they're like, I'll find out a, a living situation later. You just like want to get in the show, obviously. But yeah, some people have give give them housing and some don't, and then you kind of have to figure it out. But there's there's usually housing. I would love to talk to you about the app you've created because Limelight is an incredible platform. So please can you tell all the listeners about what it is and what you do? Absolutely. So I kind of came up with the idea before COVID. I just like really felt like there was a place where theater or TV film was not accessible to everyone. If you are in New York, there is someone in Oklahoma that needs, that wants to learn about theater. Um, so, and it's so expensive to be a performer. And if it was free, we have like, I mean, we use like backstage casting networks, actors access, and it all costs a lot of money. And if we could have a free resource, that would be helpful and appreciated by all, by everyone, I feel like. So we call the performers limes and then the teachers who are teachers, coaches, photographers, Anyone that's going to help this performer succeed, they're called lights. So that's why we call them limelight. So the limes have the ability to find a teacher or a headshot coach in any city like L.A., California, New York, Atlanta. And then they can find that person and they can click on their class. And then it's all it's pretty easy to just see the people in front of you and I feel like in our industry, we didn't have that. Like, you don't really know who who's that person taking and why are they so good or why do I not know any voice teacher in my area? I have no clue who to take. But with this, you just open up the app and you just click the area you want to look at and you can find a teacher and it's all virtual or it's in person. You have all of those options and they have reviews so you know it's a safe place to be. And then you also get points at the end. It's like Starbucks. You you gain a point every, or a couple of points every time you take a class. So at the end, you will have enough points to take a free class on us. That's amazing. And I love that at the minute, you're also doing like 50 cent classes. Can you explain yeah, about what yeah, they are? Yeah. So we wanted to do free sessions in the beginning. Like I felt like education is so important. No, and to um college students out there education does not stop when you graduate you always have to be taking class and that's something no one else's profession has to do I mean other than like you're in you're doing a sport or something that's not normal and you have to save money for these certain classes and it's so expensive so if you're able to like save money on a class once a month and when you take a class once a month you can like see an improvement no matter what, just learning for an hour once a month, it's it's great. And I think it will really help your um, craft and just get some information and also network. 
but so we also use um, Stripe on the app and Stripe doesn't let you do a free class. They let you do a 50 cent class. So that's why we do 50 cent sessions once a month and it's virtual. And this month we're actually doing an in-person and a virtual class together because we are working on finding um, inexpensive studio spaces for performers. So performers don't have to pay $50 every time you're trying to do a self-tape or $50 to film themselves doing choreography. I just think that's insane. So that's something that we're going to bring to the app soon. But we have this girl named Lale. She was auditioning for Jasmine, and she's she's not the... The idea that casting directors think that Jasmine needs to be a twig is not sustainable and is also not, I don't know, I just think that's wrong to make people think that that person looks one way, but she is apparently not the usual body type as a Jasmine. She's a beautiful woman, and she went in and she was just telling her experience over TikTok about how that like affected her. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, she's amazing. She's also like a health coach and she talks about nutrition and gut health. And I just feel like talking about nutrition as a performer is so important. We do not do that enough. I And I don't know if it's because, well, one, my mom had an eating disorder when she was younger. And then she kind of gave me all that education that I needed, like, how to fuel your body, what's primary and secondary foods. Because when you're performing, you're like, I just can't eat. I'm so busy. That is not sustainable. You are going to burn out and your happiness is going to dwindle because you're also not giving yourself like the, like you're not able to like go out with your friends and like experience that. And that's like something that you need. And like, that's another food source in a way. But she's talking about that in the industry because so many people have, and it's sad to say, have, like, problems with bulimia, dysmorphia, and I have friends that are just realizing that they have an eating disorder right now in, like, their later 20s, and it's not just because of theater or the industry that we're in or because a teacher called them fat or, which has happened so many times, like, when you're in a dance class and someone says something like that, and that can like throw your mind for a loop because, and then it just sinks you down and that's all you can think about. And that's not appropriate and correct at all. So I felt like we just need a little open conversation about that. So we're doing that. And then hopefully we're going to expand and maybe you'll see us in the UK soon. Ah, that would be absolutely yeah. incredible. Oh my goodness, that is yeah, wonderful that's the news. Hope. That's the hope. So our developers are actually in London. So we have developers out in London. And I was just like, what's, could we just like be open in the UK? And they're like, yeah, like you just have to like flip a switch with Apple. I'm like, oh, cool. So maybe you'll see us in the UK soon. You can take some classes from people in the US or and vice versa because networking is what we talked about you don't know when you're going to be in the uk and if you have a teacher over there they can help you and it's the same way in new york or in la or chicago for a uk actor i love that and i want to thank you for making the arts industry more accessible because that's something we're really passionate about so we knew we had to get you on because you're amazing (laughs) um but i would love to ask you before you go What is your piece of advice for any aspiring artists that are listening to this? Absolutely. Um, My advice, I would say, is feel the fear and then do it anyway. There's so many things that are scary and you feel like you're not good enough, but you are. And if you you just go in that room and you, you sing your little heart out, you're going to book. And it might take time, but just do it. I mean, I felt like that during, like, posting TikToks I'm like oh this is so dumb but it helps it's like it's helpful and you're able like you're able to grow something super important and if you are afraid to do it and safely let's be real here but if you're able to do it there is something in your body that's going to like unleash and you're going to feel this like amount of accomplishment 
and we don't get that all the time. We don't get a feeling that feeling of accomplishment all the time because we don't book all the time. So if you get to do that and you say, oh, I just did that. And that's a, that's a big win. So if you can do that, you can really do anything. I love that piece of advice. Spencer, thank you so much for giving up your time and coming on the show. It's been a pleasure chatting to you and we can't wait to have you back at some other point in time. Thank you, Bethany. I so appreciate being on here and I appreciate everything Bethany does for you guys and she's amazing. So thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Spencer. And thank you to everyone listening at home. I've been your host, Bethany Unwin, and this has been Performer Talks. Thank you so much for listening to Performer Talks. You can head to the link in our show notes to download your free copy of Performing Arts Mag now. You can also head to the show notes to get in touch with Bethany at the Performer Journals on Instagram. If you enjoyed this episode, please do not forget to head to Spotify or iTunes where you can leave us a review. A review helps make the industry more accessible by releasing our podcast to more performers and helping them get the help they need for free. Thank you so much and have a wonderful day.